Hey, welcome to another episode of the Big Red Dram. I'm your humble host, Jason Langer. As always, thank you for tuning in. Um, kind of moved into the new intro music for the episode. I've been working on it in GarageBand for a couple months now, just trying to dial it in a little bit. I was going to use it actually as a separate introduction for a podcast spinoff episode with the League of Ordinary Gentlemen, which is a an actual thing, but that's what I've called our my group of uh, Brant, Olaf, and John friends when we get together and, and have whiskey um, and actually talk about it. The last time we actually sat together and talked about it, I know I talked about this in another episode, where we just kind of ended up catching up and it wasn't really an episode. And then I had them over the other day and we were drinking whiskey and it was actually a perfect podcast episode, but it didn't set anything up. So I was like, shit. Uh, but anyway, and then by the time I just said, you know, I can bring the microphones out and like, dude, we're too far gone. I'm like, that's fine. Maybe next time. So I don't know. I, I really liked it. I, I think it's a little bit better than the, um, launch pad thing that I put together, um, for last season and six episodes, seven episodes in this season. Um, I don't know. It just, it's a little more twangy, rocky that I, I kind of like it. So I'm going to keep it. I think that's going to be the new intro from now on. Um, always expanding, always you know, always uh, enhancing or enlightening or whatever the hell I can't even think right now. So why Saturday? So I've uh, <laughs> not mentally prepared for it, obviously. Uh, was working on this episode Wednesday, um, just kind of sitting here doing my thing. And we had a weird power surge for like, I don't know, it was almost an hour. Um, I was 20, 15 minutes in, 10, 15 minutes into the episode, was wrapping things up. Power went out. And it was weird because it was like half our neighborhood was lit, half our neighborhood wasn't, but everybody's houses were kind of like fading in and out. So it was a weird power surge thing going on. And in my house in particular, it was bizarre. Certain LED lights in our house were still on, but nothing else was. And then downstairs, our fridge was running perfectly, but nothing else was (laughs) except the back room. Our back room lights would go on. But nothing else downstairs. It was so weird. Um, and you could see in people's houses lights kind of pulsating in and out. <laughs> it was bizarre. Um, and then it finally came out like about 40 minutes later or something. But I, it didn't save anything. So I, all I, all it managed to save was the swap out of the intro music before I started recording. And then the, it didn't, sadly, it didn't grab anything. It normally wouldn't anyway. It doesn't really, GarageBand doesn't really save mid, mid-track, so to speak. Um and that's neither here nor there. So, so that was that. Um, I apologize, of course, for last week not having an episode out either. Um, sadly, uh, I just didn't have time because that was my first new week at RTC, and I was just buried and um, not not buried, but I was just done. <laughs> it's very exhausting starting a new position um, and learning all the new lingo and stuff. And I wasn't. I guess I'd forgotten what a first day is like with a new company. <laughs> Cause it's been a long time. Um, so I just, it was familiar world, but it was very, um, a lot of information. So I was very exhausted by the time I came home and I just didn't have a chance to put together a podcast on Wednesday last week. Um, and again, this week it just kind of fell apart thanks to mother nature and, or not even, yeah, I was windy that day. So I don't know, maybe mother nature did it or something. I'm not sure, but we don't get a lot of power outages here, which is nice. Um, so what I was talking about was the Glen Levitt 15 year old. And, um, it really, it, again, it was interesting because Glenn Levitt and myself, we had a weird parting. 
Uh, I talked a little bit about it with Charlie Rodman when we were doing the signatory episode, how it just kind of had a little bit of a fading out with Glenn Livett. I just didn't, I was rooted and started kind of with a 12 year old and moved right into, um, into Isla. We didn't really have a whole lot of options 24, 25 years ago now. Um, there wasn't really a lot. You could find certain art bags. You could find occasionally a Lagavulin, depending on which store you went to. We didn't really have a lot of high-end liquor stores. Obviously, Benny's wasn't a thing here in the Burbs just yet. And um, so we had, I mean, Glenlivet 12 was always around. So we kind of had that. And we might have had something else before we moved into to single malts, or <laughs> to Isla, sorry, to the peated stuff. And uh, But all there was is really was a Glenlivet 12. Obviously, everybody's grown in the last 25 years. So there's things have changed quite a bit in the Scotch world. Um, and the 15 year old was interesting. My, my uncle, my wife's uncle, Charlie, uncle tuna, uh, was kind enough to gift me a, the 12 year old, uh, double oaked. I believe it is right. The 12 year old double oaked, um, gift set. Yeah, it's a double oak now. Um, the 12-year-old gift set, it had a small 5CL uh, bottle of the 15 and the 14. Um, the 14 is a cognac cask, and the 15 is a French oak reserve. And I thought I'd pull out the 15, and I've already polished off half this little bottle um, on Wednesday. when I went through the tasting. And, I, I mean, I did. I really When I was going through the episode... Um, it's a little early for me to have anything right now, so I'm gonna have to go off of memory a little bit. But when I initially nosed it, it was it was a nice creamy note. Um, it was very. I got some of the pear that I was getting out of the 12 year old when I first nosed that new 12 year old. Um, oh, I completely derailed and went off on my topic of where I was going with my relationship with the 12 year old. Uh, this is what happens. Anyway, sorry. So. So yeah, so the 12 year old and I parted ways a long time ago. Let me just start back into that. Um, I apologize. So yes, the 12 year old and I kind of parted ways. We didn't really, there wasn't really anything else. Like I said, I got into Isla and just kind of went down that road and opened up that whole new world to my, to my senses and my, and my life. Um, so I hadn't really had a lot of other space sides other than Mac Allen. Mac Allen was the big thing, um, back then great Sherry finished whiskeys, uh, 12 year old, 12 year olds or 18s are pretty much where I was after mostly the 18s. Um, then the cast strength came out and then I was into that for a little bit and then really back hard into, onto Isla. And, um, so I haven't really touched a lot of space sides and had not gotten back into Glenn Levitt at all. I still have the Glenn Levitt 12 year old that I think was my, my second bottle. I think I got it when we were in Romeoville. So that was 2002, 2003 is a long time ago. And it's still, I think, three quarters full back there. It's hidden behind all my Ardbeg boxes. I, I just won't touch I wouldn't touch it. Um, I am now interested in going back to it because Charlie was kind enough to send me the signatory 12 year old, 13 year old sherry cask. And I really, really liked it. So I'm like, all right, I'll give Glenn Livid another shot. And then when Tuna, Uncle Charlie, gave me this gift set, I'm like, all right, well, now my hand's being forced. The gods had spoken, and more Glen Levitt found its way into my heart, so or into my lap. Popped the cork on the Glen Levitt Twelve, and it was just pears. It was del- it was delectable. It was light. It was delectable. Um, it was very good. 
and I was surprised. Um, I was also very surprised with a 13-year sherry. When I popped the top on this 15-year-old French oak, now I can say it. So Wednesday, when I had it, I had half a bottle. I really liked it. It was very creamy, rich, and buttery on the nose. It was very open. There's no cork pop. It's a screw cap. Yes, it, it has a light and delectable nose to it. Um, very creamy. Very um, delicate, actually. Some white fruits. In my world, that would be like a pear, a white grape, um, green grape, however you want to look at it. They're white grapes, too, aren't there? I'm sure there are. I need to get up on all that stuff. A little cereal. It's 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 a nice gold color. It's very it's very sweet. It's very nice. And in, I remember on the palate when I drank it, it was very. It had a nice little spice to it. I'm just gonna swig out a bottle. Screw it. Whatever. It's already. It's ten o'clock. Eleven o'clock. It's eleven o'clock. It's five o'clock somewhere. Ooh. Yeah, I do like that. I like it for its. I've moved into this point in my whiskey world now where I'm really really expanding everything right i'm really trying to not be so centralized on one region and expand because there's so many wonderful flavors out there to enjoy and to experience and again whiskey's an experience it's a journey that everyone travels their own way but it's you need to to get the whole picture to get to paint the entire canvas you need to explore all the colors in the world and you really need to know uh, to fulfill your whiskey journey, to fulfill your whiskey life, you really, really do need to venture out of one one region and explore all of Scotland, especially with a single malt scotch. If you want to appreciate all of what Scotland's trying to do, you really have to get out there and try them all, which is hard. Not all of them are available. But it's important to try every region. It's important to try every available distillery that you can so that you can get that nice canvas painted and have a great detailed image of the entire picture because then you can pull them all together and figure out the entire story. And what's great about this Glenlivet 15 is it's very light. It's very delectable. It's very approachable. And I'm using delectable a lot lately because a lot of these are really delicious. And it's interesting what a nice departure it can be from drinking an ashtray. <laughs> when you're going into a, a peated whiskey where you have a lot of smoke influence and it can, can get kind of earthy, get kind of dirty, get kind of gritty, in, not in the actual texture sense, but just in that sensory sense where you're just picking up all these really gritty notes and getting smoky, dirty, peaty, seaweed, uh, earthy tones and palate... Um, bombardment on your on your palate of all these different things it's nice to lighten the load a little bit have to enjoy more fruits and get some almost you can just kind of feel that french that french oak the french it's a french limousine casket a french limousine oak that they use and it's it's just it's delectable um it really is uh Dorgogne. Dordogne, the Francis Dordogne region. It's as good as I'm going to get. 
which is often used to mature, mature cognacs. That's the French oak that they use. So it's a limousine oak. It's it's good. The finish is warm. It's short, but it's sweet. It's got a little bit of nuttiness to it, um, almost an almond, um, which I would which I think the website even says. It's it's just it's just right. It's just it's really good. I enjoy it. I actually might actually buy a how many times can I say actually? I might actually buy a bottle of this. The five centiliter bottle is almost gone now, and I might actually go get one down the road when I can I need a cabinet, a bigger cabinet. I've got too many bottles at this point. But um is that even a thing? Anyway, um so yeah, so it's very good. I really like it. It's um the fifteen year 86 i'd probably give it a solid 86 you know it doesn't blow my my shoes off but i wouldn't i enjoy it it's actually very good it would be a nice a nice light almost a summery scotch i think that would be a great one for this for a nice or late spring early summer when it's not too hot um there's a nice breeze in the air i can see having a sip of that uh, just warm, being warm in the sun and just enjoying that um, with a nice cool breeze blowing on you and just sipping on that whiskey. That's, that's good stuff. I really do enjoy it. Um, so that's that with the Glenlivet 15. If you can find one, get actually there. I think they're all over the place. I know I've seen the 15, at least a 14 and a 12 for sure. I think I've seen the 15 too. I think there's that's part of the core range. So it's out there. It's available. I think it's under 100 bucks. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, and as far as the world of whiskey, uh, the wheat and whiskey club and things of that nature, um, had our first kill home and tasting on Thursday. Um, when I did this podcast on Wednesday, I was talking about how excited I was for it to be coming the next day. Um, now that we've had it, um, it was, it was awesome. We did, uh, we had Catherine McMillan from kill home and distillery. She came on and it was, uh, she is the brand manager with Kilhoman, and we also had Brian Sisk from BC Merchants and Sam Filmus from uh, Impex Beverages. I almost screwed that up there. So we had some great people on there. Twenty-five of the members from the Wheat and Whiskey Club that were interested in wanting to try a Kilhoman Scotch, and I tell you, they all really enjoyed it. Um, it was something that a lot of them had no idea and were thrilled to have been a part of it. And some people that were familiar with Kilhoman got to try some new things. I myself, I've only done the Makir Bay. I've only owned a Makir Bay. So it was nice to get exposure to the Sanig, the Embrach, and the 2010 Vintage. And I'll tell you, I'm a fan now. I'm really a big fan of Kilholman just because they do a really good job with the finishes. Um, I know that they they work tirelessly at doing that, and they they get nothing but the best barrels. They do the right things with the barrels, and they they treat them properly, and... um, Really do a good job, and I all of those that I tried, I would have, I would buy for sure. Um, if money was no object at this point, and I had space, it would be nice to just have a lot of that range because they're they're great looking bottles, and they have great spirit within. So, um, kudos to Kilman. So yeah, it was a wonderful tasting. It was about two hours. We got the rundown through the distillery and everything else, which we hadn't, when I went to Isla, we hadn't made it to the west side of the island um, that would be for our second trip. And uh, it was, it was just, it was great. Catherine was great and it was um, very informative, very entertaining. Uh, I was riveted for the two hours went like that. It was, that's never a good snap, but it was, it was awesome. Um, 
I'll never have enough nice things to say about that. Um, and I'm very grateful to everyone who participated. And I'm very, very grateful for to Catherine, Brian, and uh, Sam for being a part of it and for help coordinate it. Um, we were able to get a little price sheet and get to pick up some bottles um, that were apart from that tasting. Um, some were a part of it and some weren't. Um, some newer bottles that we did talk about that Catherine did talk about. So I'm interested in going to grab one and probably do a podcast on that here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's like a 50% port, 48% bourbon. Or am I getting it the other way around? Uh, it's a batch. It's a small batch. So it sounded really interesting. So I'm really going to get my, I'm going to get my hands on that one and really anxious to try that, but fantastic. So it was a lot of fun. Got the website up for the Wheat and Whiskey Club finally up and running. Um, trying to, you know, again, be a force. I, I really want to push that group to be, you know, just be fun and exactly what we did with that tasting, but in person would be great. Um, especially with local distilleries or distilleries in, you know, the region, um, to get someone from, you know, wilderness trail or Buffalo trays or whatever to come up and, and hang out with a hundred of us, or, you know what I mean? To kind of do stuff like that. Once things get open, hopefully this summer or late fall, things will be a little more normal. Um, getting a trip to Bardstown planning too, to so get down there and, and do some things. Lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff coming. Um, our Remus picks going gangbusters. Um, so if you're in the area, you listen to this, um, join the wheat and whiskey club. Or check us out online at www.thewheatonwhiskeyclub, T-H-E-W-H-E-A-T-O-N-W-H-I-S-K-Y-C-L-U-B.com. Uh, check us out. It's only two pages right now. It's still a work in progress. Eventually, it'll be you know, the, the welcoming page, a page that highlights, um, showcases our single barrel picks. And then there'll be a page that showcases our allies, our friends. Um, the restaurants we like to go to, um, the liquor stores we work with right now, it's, it's liquor store, a one or our buddy Narav, um, love, love them. Um, hopefully we'll have add a couple more on there. Um, and then our community page, we're talking about what we're doing in the community to help out, uh, the different restaurants and things like that. And, um, and then finally kind of a, an about us page or maybe do a feature on a member or something, just all kinds of things we can do with it. So Really looking forward to building that and expanding that and kind of piggybacking the Big Red Dram on that page as well. So I might do a page about that. That would be fun. So maybe that's what I'll do. So I can showcase within that website. So I don't have to run two. <laughs> it's hard um, to run two. Because if I do a Big Red Dram website, then I would be doing some blogging too. I mean, it's, it's hard enough right now doing all this stuff and learn a new job. It maybe as things get a little lighter in the load, um, I can do that. But baby steps, baby steps. We'll get there. So thank you for listening as always. I do appreciate it. Um, sorry that it was kind of a babbling episode, but it's a, at least it's out there now. Um, so I'm sorry for running miss again, missing the, the previous week. Um, we'll try to get back into the regular routine next week and keep things going, but I hope you like the, the new music. Uh, if you find me on Instagram at the big red dram, um, shoot me a note. Let me know what you think. Uh, message me or what have you. Um, if you like the new jingle, <laughs> if you let it play out, actually, it'll be longer at the end. You'll might hear a little flute in there. I don't know. I had a, I was listening to some song that had a little angry flute thing going on in there and I liked it. So I'm like, screw it. And there was a, a loop in garage band. So I incorporated it and I actually kind of liked the way it fits. So you'll hear it at the end of this. So anyway, 
Thank you as always for listening. Sorry, I'm a little chatty today. Uh, I appreciate it. Some fun things coming up next week and the week after. Again, you know, with some different bottles coming up. I got some store pick uh, Eagle Rares coming, which I'm excited about for a tasting I'm working to put together for my wife's cousin. I'm going to try to blow some heads uh, with a nice Buffalo Trace range, and I'm putting piecing together with some E.H. Taylors, a stag, uh, some Eagle Rare store picks. So um, that'll be a fun one. They're supposed to be serious bourbon drinkers, so I want to try to give them some serious bourbon. Um, Yeah, so that's about it. So thank you, as always, for listening. I'll put in the notes, too, to like just listen to like the first 15 minutes. I babble on after that. <laughs> thank you for listening, as always. And hey, go out and enjoy whiskey one dram at a time. <laughs>